listening to I missed the sing-along last night, man. I was uh, practicing uh, the Lemon Song by Zeppelin on my guitars, and my girls were, uh, I guess it's quarantining. They were doing virtual Barbies with their buddies. How does that work? Uh, Well, um, on their little iPads, they uh, just FaceTime, I guess, or whatever it is, and they they can see each other and they play Barbies. Wow, dude. I was excited to to watch that with the sing along with the kids because it, it kind of broke up this whole quarantine thing. We pretend we're on a spaceship here over at my place because we can't leave the house and you got to put on protective equipment to leave. It helps make things make things easier. But that sing along, it was a nice change of pace. I love seeing uh, content creators, entertainment companies using the context of this situation and making the most of it. Yeah, I, I'm sorry I missed it. I'm gonna have to go back and look at it. But uh, yeah, I, I completely missed it. I was I was uh, doing my Zen moment with my guitar for a couple hours there and just kind of forgetting about this whole deal and, and you know, getting in touch with my inner self. Yeah, man, we got a ton of content today on this show that we call What the Truck. Uh, this could be a double album of Freight, but we're going to fit it all into one hour. So let's uh, let's pay the bills real quick here. Triumph Pay has teamed up with Freight Waves to bring you the drive ahead, a broker's guide to market uncertainty. The free virtual event will be focusing on how COVID-19 is affecting the freight industry and what brokers and 3BLs can do to protect their businesses right now. If you're a freight broker and wondering what your next step is, you'll want to tune in on April 23rd at 2 Eastern Time, 1 Central. Registration includes access to the live event, recorded sessions, Q&A with our experts, and a free gift to register. Tell them, dude. Triumphpay.com slash drive ahead. Go there immediately after the show. Hit the music, yeah. Dooner. All right, man. Economic woes are showing up in the data. Vishnu Rajakameka, man, he reports the large-scale closures of restaurants, factories, storefronts, and mines. We don't usually think about the mines. Has hit the U.S. economy severely as people reduce their retail spending by a seasonal adjusted 8.7% in March month over month, making it the biggest decline in records going back to 1992. Sales at clothing stores were particularly hit hard, makes sense, dropping over 50%, followed by a double-digit fall in sales of automobiles, furniture, electronics, sporting equipment. Industry production also fell by a seasonally adjusted 5.4% in March, which happens to be the biggest monthly fall since 1946. Manufacturing output, a vital part of industrial production, dropped by 6.3% in March. Numbers unseen since the end of World War II. Wow. Yeah, those are those are scary numbers, Dooner. There's so much to unpack there. We could talk for days just on that article and those numbers and what implications those have for the question of are we at the freight bottom of the freight market and when will it return and how long is the recovery? So much to unpack there, but unbelievable. With unemployment claims that include nearly 15% of the workforce or 22 million Americans, at least 5.5 million of which are newly unemployed, uh, can it get worse, right? I mean, they, they, they certainly seem like they could get worse with all those numbers. In trucking, we are seeing carriers and owner-operators being forced to deal with incredibly low rates as they decide to park their trucks. And each parked truck, Dooner, could mean one less job, right? And brokers have been cutting, uh, making cuts and, and, and furloughing employees. FedEx just did the same uh, uh, of their own along with their LTL division as well, Dooner. 
Nice, and they got the sound back up. Thank you guys for bearing with us. I know Donna, DNP Tims, Kyle Taylor, Hope White all pointed out to us. Mark Horowitz did, so thanks to our production team for getting that back online. Uh, with Americans set to receive, uh, and many already having received stimulus checks, although I haven't yet, we may see some positives, but dude, the money won't go far when the bills hit, right? This isn't a shopping spree type of check for most. The prepernomics that have been propping up the retail right now and people buying tons of toilet paper and sanitizer aren't going to keep freight flowing forever. And then there's even more bad news. Travel centers, if you go on FreightWaves.com, they just laid off 3,000 full-service employees as uh, restaurants are idled. Tough, tough time right now. It's very tough time, and you're absolutely right. Those checks are n- are not going to be a free for all spending type of thing. That's that's not a. It, you, we talked stimulus back. It's not stimu- going to stimulate anything, in my opinion. It's people are going to keep that money because they don't know how long they're going to be in in quarantine and and lockdown. New York's talking about May fifteenth now at the at the earliest. Uh, so yeah, I don't think it's going to have a huge, huge impact. Headline two: Freight executives give uh, feedback to White House on the economic start or restart. Eric Kulish reports several titans of freight transportation are part of the White House's Council of Business Leaders, asked to provide advice on how to reopen parts of the economy after lockdowns uh, uh, come up. Right, and there was a bunch of different uh, uh, categories there: transportation, and there was there was energy and retail and and so and banking, so on and so forth. Um, some reportedly were surprised by announcements having never been uh, privately asked to participate. Uh, the rush meeting didn't allow for most people uh, time to prepare, but uh, some bank executives couldn't participate on the calls because they had earnings to report, uh, according to some media accounts in Washington. Wow, it's like getting picked for the volleyball team and he didn't even try out. Well, the report doesn't say who specifically was surprised. Here's a rundown of some of the transportation execs. We got FedEx, Fred Smith, United Airlines, Oscar Munez, UPS, David Abney, other companies, J.B. Hunt, YRC Worldwide, Crowley Maritime, Uber, DHL, LDJ, and uh, the ATA, the American Trucking Association. Yeah, you know, ever since uh, ever since uh, Trump declared a national emergency, announced social distancing guidelines, uh, he Trump's been uh, publicly itching to reopen the economy. Right? I mean, he's he's made those statements. Wouldn't it be great to be back open by Easter, et cetera? Uh, I think uh, more than 22 million people have filed for unemployment insurance in the past four weeks, and some estimate that unemployment could reach soon 20 percent. And I, I think that that public sentiment right now is uh, kind of changing a little bit with some protests happening there's one even scheduled here in chattanooga for next sunday yeah i mean it's one of those things where you see it on the news but then you look at the numbers and in like ohio it was like 25 people i'm not sure how many people are going to be showing up in chattanooga we'll see but they're not the only ones who are unhappy not everyone was happy with the actual representation the owner operator independent drivers association they wrote an update about this they have 160,000 members and this is a quote from them they said they're extremely disappointed the White House has ignored small trucking businesses. Hell, most don't even know what the needs of owner-operators or professional drivers are under normal circumstances, let alone during a national crisis. Uh, you agree with that? Uh, I, I think you know. I, I think that there should be some more representation from small business. I, I didn't see that in the in the list. I mean, across the board, not only in transportation, because the, the needs and the concerns are are certainly different. Yeah, I think you could probably go through every group on there and you're going to find some sort of uh, small business representative body that is just not represented. But uh, it's a start, right? Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. It needs to be done. We got to figure out how we're going to get out of this mess once we once we can, once it's safe to do that and bring back confidence in people that were, were, you know, they can come back. That's the other part of it. Here's a terrible story. 
Former executive charged with sabotaging shipping records, delaying deliveries of PPE supplies. That's right. Clarissa Haas reports a former executive of a Georgia-based medical packaging company has been charged with sabotaging electronic shipping records, which federal investigators claim delayed the shipment of these critical PPA, PPE equipment. The Department of Justice charged this guy, Christopher Dobbins, 40 years old of Duluth, Georgia, with allegedly hacking into his former company's computer system, editing and deleting shipping records, which disrupted the process of getting this equipment where it needs to be. Unbelievable. You think that he knew that he was disrupting those type of shipments? I think he did. Well, if you read the timeline, he sure did. I know. Yeah, because I mean, the timelines here is, you know, he was uh, hired as vice president of finance at their headquarters in Petrie Corners, uh, Georgia, in August 2016. The company specializes in custom surgical packs and medical kits for the healthcare industry. Uh, so while employed, Dobbins had administrator uh, access to the computer systems containing the company's shipping information. Uh, in early March 2020, uh, Dobbins was fired from Stratus and his access to the company's computer systems were shut down. So three days later, he hacks in and uses a fake account that he had previously set up to do the damage. Yeah, he made, he made a back door for himself. Federal yeah. officials claim he then edited more than 115,000 shipping records, delaying nearly 2,400 shipments. Stratus executives notified the FBI on April 7th after discovering the impropriety. Uh, the criminal's complaint against Dobbins was filed in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia on April 15th. He was released on a $25,000 bond on Thursday following his court appearance. Crappy behavior. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, it, <laughs> Is getting back, I guess, anger at the company, and then you know how many people did he affect with with stopping these critical supplies? I mean, just awful. Yeah, just awful. I, I mean, you're upset at your employer. There's no need to lash out against people who need to. I mean, like, how low can you get? I I, I don't know. The guy's uh, yeah, pr- pretty low. I have a I have a a term for him, but uh, I can't say it. Pond scum. Chris Jolly says that was clearly intentional. You do not accidentally do that. I got to agree with him. Yeah, I agree hey, with him as well. Let's call uh, Melissa Foreman, SVP and Chief Operations Officer over at Triumph Pay. She's going to talk to us about Triumph Pay working from home, the data that they're seeing, and a pretty cool virtual event they have coming up. Right on. This is Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Nice. And Mark Horowitz in the comments over here, he says R- RPM uses Triumph Pay. It's a great system. So you're already getting the compliments rolling in, Melissa. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So let's run through this real quick again. So what was, how was your team able to successfully transition a work from home environment in response to COVID-19? Yeah, of course. So we obviously are a cloud-based system, uh, you know, on AWS. And so that allowed us to be able to move our team fairly quickly. Um, on March 16th, we decided to transition our team to home for safety reasons ahead of, of all of the national shutdowns. And within 24 hours, we had 100% of our staff set up and live. Um, working from home, and it's gone very well. That's awesome. Awesome, yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, hey, Melissa, I, I'm really interested in, in here. What are you hearing from your customers? What are their biggest concerns related to the pandemic? What's going on out there? Yeah, so most of them are concerned about what the next three to six months look like. You know, a lot of them had a big push um, with all of the panic and trying to get um, the commodities out into the grocery stores. But um, they're mostly concerned about shippers, retail shippers, and extending their terms out 60 days, sometimes more. And they're just looking for strategies to be able to plan for that um, and get ahead of it and get their cash flow in a good position for when that slowdown happens. Wow. So what, if anything, has Triumph Pay been able to do to help brokers and carriers during this time? Yeah, good question. So, you know, we have two main priorities 
with Try and Play. One is assisting carriers with timely payments, you know, making sure that they have the quick pay options available, um, and then helping our clients with strategies that help support that first initiative. So we have the flexibility in our processes that allow us to strategically build customized payment terms for brokers that have no negative impact to carriers. So we are able to, to build in flexibility. In most cases, our tool set allows us to provide additional days for brokers to make a payment while still ensure, ensuring carriers get paid on time. So by trying to handling the administrative burden of carrier payments, it's allowed our customers to focus on their core business and have relief knowing that they didn't have to go solve for that, like writing checks and taking factor verification calls and all the things that are required with that back office administration um, while they moved their teams at home with with you know, working from home environments. And so with us taking care of that, they could focus on their core business and not be um, worried about those processes. You know, protecting the livelihood of carriers has been important to our customers. Um, in some cases, we have been able to partner with them to jointly offer promotional quick pay terms um, to carriers that give them access to their receivables earlier without a quick pay fee. So we did some free quick pay promotions um, and then several million dollars in our program was sent out to carriers during this time to be able to help them and get cash in their pockets as they try and navigate through this uncertainty as well. Good stuff, Melissa. So uh, during this pandemic with you know COVID-19 and everything, how has your marketing strategy changed? Have you guys done anything there? Well, we've done a lot. Our marketing team would tell you that they've been very, very busy um, trying to transform you know, transform our plans from our biggest peak of conference season over to a more digitally focused strategy. So everybody's gone digital. Um, we have great partners in the industry that have all built out substitutes for what would have been the peak of the conference industry um, this season. And so our TMS partners, TIA, of course, Freightwaves, have all built out uh, technology environments to be able to share important information with the industry. And we continue to support them in those efforts. Melissa, I'm We're super excited, excited about these uh, virtual conferences that you have coming up. What what some of the stuff and some of the innovations you're going to bring to the table here? Yeah, so this is very exciting. It's our very first conference that that we're sponsoring ourselves, or that we're putting. Um, and so we're excited to announce that that's coming up on Thursday, April 23rd. It's called the Drive Ahead: A Broker's Guide to Market Uncertainty. And we've partnered with DAT, Freightways, of course, and then. Some of our team with TBK Bank, um, all joining together to present our current market conditions and then key metrics to watch while navigating the pandemic. And then also looking at financial strategies for um, dealing with this challenging market. Great. How do people go and learn more about that uh, about that conference and sign up? Yeah, to sign up, all you have to do is go to triumphpay.com backslash drive ahead. And you'll also get a great swag item when you sign up and put in your address. Hey, Melissa, before we let you go, uh, what have you learned about yourself while being stuck in self-quarantine or working from home or about your team? Uh, any insights? <laughs> Stay positive, right? Make sure to go outside and get vitamin D. Um, with the, you know, working from home and, and I have two teenage kids that are now on online schools. It gets interesting where my husband and I and, and the kids are all on conference calls all at the same time, draining the internet connectivity. Um, I think uh, it's been interesting, but it's also been nice to be able to reconnect with the family. Um, one thing that, that I would say is just don't forget to turn it off at the end of the day and go spend time with your family because it's really easy to get, uh, you know, 
stuck in your office and, and not walk away. So make sure to take that break. Yeah, I was reading a great suggestion online. People who weren't used to working from home were giving advice to other people. And they were saying, kind of treat it like a regular day. You know, take a shower and then even give yourself a commute to work, even if that's like walking around the block for 15 minutes. Absolutely. And don't drink two pots of coffee. Okay. I don't know if I can follow that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you, guys. Enjoy being on the show. Awesome stuff. Excellent. Excellent. We're going to reach out to Ingrid Brown now. Uh, You want to read that little quote from her that I put on there? Oh, yes. So Ingrid Brown, small independent drivers and carriers are in need of sanitary items to protect you and ourselves. Items like masks, sanitizer, Lysol, gloves, Clorox wipes, etc. And we're glad to pay for them. Truck stops and general stores accessible by trucks have no supply and having items of supply to protect our country and uh, us being uh, exposed to COVID-19. We can't continue to mm-hmm. keep America moving if we aren't healthy. And one of her quotes uh, from that uh, from the article that I love is... There you go. That's the quote. <laughs> that's, she cut you right off. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Hey, Ingrid, uh, we, love the, we love the hold music. I just had to let y'all listen to my ringtone because, I mean, come on, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ingrid, I was going to, this is Mike. How you doing out there, Ingrid? Thanks for joining us. I'm great. How are you today, sir? I'm doing awesome. I got a chuckle and an idea for a T-shirt that I want to make. Uh, just I- I- Ingrid Brown and your quote that we're running through fire with gasoline pants on. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's actually breaches. It's actually breaches. Oh. I was going to say congratulations, too. I saw that you had a piece you were featured in the New York Times, right? It's uh, What was that all about? It's highlighting women who are on the forefront of fighting the coronavirus epidemic? Yes, sir. That was, uh, came out this morning early, early. And, um, yeah, it's about us women, and we're being a part of the front line. And, uh, you know, we're all equal. We all know that. But at the same time, we women are out here as well. What's it looking like out there on the front line? We checked in with you. I believe it was uh, early last week. It's been, you know, 10 days or so since then. Have conditions improved? You were mentioning online that it's getting even harder to find some of this uh, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and the things that you guys need at rest stops. Oh, absolutely. You know, restrooms are still shut at shippers receivers. We're still staying the porta potties. That's the gasoline purchase. And um, we're still seeing the food, of course, take out. Uh, places are closing early. Um, I'm seeing in Pennsylvania, all the rest areas are, are shut down even for truck parking. Um, I am in PA right now. Or I'm sorry, I was this morning. I just crossed over. Um, but here's the big thing. We still do not have any of the necessities, and to me it's necessity, of I think it would be anybody hand sanitizer, masks, Clorox wipes, any type of protectant for us, we don't have any. Now, I have found through some sources that there have been some wonderful, generous donations that have gone to the large, sorry to say it, guys, mega companies. And us owner-operators and independents and small companies we're not getting anything, and the truck stops still are not getting anything in them. Um, so I 
chose to step out and open my mouth and wow i mean cassandra gaines and and jd redmond and uh jermaine all of them have jumped on and we're trying to get it to where we can get these owner operators who are going in the hot spots like myself can get protected you know see it's real simple i go into bronx new york or la produce market and i'm in contact with everybody i go in the truck stops i go into everywhere and I get back to my truck, I can't wipe off the door handles. I can't wipe my hands off. I can't wipe my steering wheel off, my gear shift. It's complete. We are completely naked going into this, but we're still doing it. Yeah. What is the sentiment of other drivers you've spoken to? Um, I'll be honest with you. Everybody is, is wondering why we don't have it. The prices in, in places are ridiculous. Walmart doesn't have anything. But the drivers are, are somewhat getting a little irritated for the fact that we see people that have them that's not even running the COVID-19, that's sitting at terminals waiting for it to happen. Or we see people that aren't, they, they've hoarded it up. Um, and honestly, we're all kind of tired of not, being put as high risk you know we're pretty much you know if you really label us we could be the biggest carriers than there are in the whole country because i travel 48 states yeah no doubt you see uh, they're quite the road warrior out there but there's many like me i mean there's tons like me but everybody one has the concern not just for themselves but they have families out here they have you know, co-workers out here, they have people, our support staff in the offices. You know, I haven't been to the office in seven weeks at all. And, you know, it still goes, we, we can roll down the line. What's going to happen if I get sick? Where am I going to go? I can't park an 80-foot truck, 81 I measured yesterday, 81-foot truck anywhere to get to a doctor. Plus, the doctor's not going to see me. And I'm not a high risk, even with melanoma cancer. I'm not a high risk person. And I'm almost 60. I can't get tested because I don't qualify. I'm supposed to stay in a four by 10 box and uh, wait it out. So where do we go and how do we get the help, guys? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the next question, Ingram. This is Mike is, you know, where do we where, where do we go? Where do we get some help? Reading that article, you had some some brief stories there that were kind of blessings that you've seen on the road. Some of the things that people were doing that were touching your heart. Love to hear some, uh, you know, a couple of those stories of what what people are doing and what are some of those blessings that you're reaching on and or, or, or witnessing out there. And, and how can how can we help? How can like Dooner and the Dude help you by aside from, you know, evangelizing what you're going through there and trying to help get people aware and, and how they can help? You know, the positives outweigh the negative. I will tell you that all day long. I've had a gentleman that overheard me talk to. I stopped it. I have a truck stop named after me, Mike. It's in Oklahoma City. And I was there and I was telling the manager and the the asking if they had sanitizer, and a driver overheard me, and I went to, tr- to sleep that night. I woke up the next morning, and I was preparing to leave and did my free trip, and he pulled up beside of me, and he gave me one of those one-ounce travel hand sanitizers and told me he had picked up two 
and that he wanted to share one of those with me and gave me one of those. And little things that drivers are helping each other, but all the way down to, I went to Target in Lake City, Florida this week, and I checked in, and, and the window's up high, high at window level, and the lady goes, before I even checked in, she goes, ma'am, would you like to have some breakfast? We have breakfast bars. We have muffins. What can we get you? And would you like a bottle of water? That's These awesome. people care. Yeah, These pa- people care. Ingrid, Paul Sobrowski is president and COO at Pass Transport LLC. He says that he agrees with you. He's not been able to find places to get PPE anywhere. He even has trouble finding stores that he can get a truck into to get groceries going up and down the East Coast. So the struggle is real. Thank you very much for, for acknowledging that, guys. And and, and I, please don't take this that I'm woohooing and wah, wah. You know what? I just want to take care of y'all because this can go down to taking care of you. I want to take care of my grandbabies. I got the six most awesome grandbabies in the world. But you know what? There's a truck driver that's delivering somewhere with them, and I want them protected. But better yet, I can't take the good Oh, the good people. I had I had a gentleman this morning that stopped dead in the road for me to come in and make my delivery. I had medical supplies on and stopped dead in the road and made and, and motioned me to, to turn in. And he just blew the horn. And I thought, oh, no, what did I do? And he was like, thumbs up. And you see signs in the back windows that say, we love you truckers. And, you know, you could say we're heroes. But we're just doing our job and we're doing what we love best. And we love to take care of not just ourselves, but y'all. Because when we see you smile, it makes my day. Hey, Ingrid, thank you so much for joining us. Be safe out there. Keep writing those great articles and keep putting uh, keep putting the message out there on LinkedIn and keep us abreast of what's going on. Sounds great. I'm headed to California. You uh, guys are awesome. Thanks, thanks Ingrid. Mike. Be safe. <laughs> Drive safe. Have a great one. Bye. Well, you know what? It's it's unfortunate to hear that uh, conditions out there haven't improved. She seemed a little bit more optimistic last time we spoke to her as if, you know, things would be getting better. And it seems like that's really just not the case. Yeah, you know, and it, you know, it was interesting that she said, you know, that she doesn't want to come off as as this this whining and whining and complaining constantly. As she said that, you know, a lot of the blessings and the good outweigh the bads that are out there. But there is this vital need for for you know these essentials that they need for the sanitizers and the wipes, et cetera, and anything that we can do to help, uh, we definitely should because she's right. We're people are working at home because the truck drivers are out there still on the front line making things move as they always are. Good stuff. Let's bring Emily Zink up there, see what's trending in supply chain. I uh, think it might be FreightWaves Live at home. FreightWaves Live is coming to you in the comfort of your own home. Join us May 5th through 7th to experience the next wave of technology and fascinating insights to prepare your business for the future. So far, 2020 has been highly unpredictable with plenty of black swan events taking place in election year of all times. This May at FreightWaves Live at home will give you the solutions necessary to thrive in these volatile times. And you don't even need to get dressed. How about that, Michael? <laughs> I, I like that part. You don't even, Are you wearing pants today, Dooner, by the way? I got the uh, I got the trailer park boy pants on. All right, very cool, very cool. <laughs> Love it. Okay, good. Hey, Emily, what's up? Yes. So the event you are talking about is Freightwaves Live at Home. I know a lot of people were bummed when we had to well virtually 
every event had to move to a virtual platform or cancel their event. And of course, we have this wonderful TV platform, so there's no need for us to cancel everything we were going to do in Atlanta. We are doing on FreightWaves TV. So May 5th through 7th, we have a jam-packed schedule. We're still doing rapid-fire demos. You still can network, because that is the beauty of our event. So you just hop on Slack and network with everyone. Still doing keynotes. We have some great people. So of course, you guys are going to be doing What the Truck Live. So you're not really missing out on anything. Like you said, you don't even have to wear pants. So that's the great thing. <laughs> What's in store for us? Who are some of the keynotes that we're going to be hearing from? So Ron Klain, if you don't know that name or if the name even sounds familiar, he, during the Ebola crisis from 2014 to around 2015, he was dubbed the Ebola czar for President Obama and under Vice President Biden. So he had that role. So he's obviously been through... You know, Ebola to us was something major. I was in Omaha, Nebraska, which was one of two hospitals in the nation covering this. And it was something just like right now, something brand new. We did not know how to treat. So he kind of oversaw the whole entire operation and kind of what our treatment was going to be and what our response as a nation was going to be. So he is speaking um, to lead things off on the 5th, May 5th. That's Ron Klain. So he'll also be doing a live Q&A, which is a cool thing. If you have questions for him, I mean, when else could you ask the former Ebola czar um, live questions? So you just hop on LinkedIn Live like you are right now interacting or hop on the FreightWaves Facebook page and interact with us. And I'll be able to then give him those questions and he'll answer them for the audience, which is absolutely fabulous. Shelly Simpson from JB Hunt is also doing a keynote. We have Derek Leathers. He is the CEO of Warner Trucking. He'll be speaking to our president, George Abernathy. The list just goes on and on. Basically, everyone we had booked to be in Atlanta is going to be part of this virtual conference with us. Yeah, that's an awesome lineup. That's an awesome lineup. I, I know that there's no registration required. So what do people have to do to get involved with this? Absolutely nothing, Dooner. If you watch Freight Waves TV, you'll be able to watch this virtual event. Um, as time goes on, probably within the next week, we'll start rolling out a website in kind of more of a call to action where directly you'll go. But if you're familiar with FreightWaves.com or familiar with Freight Waves TV, you'll be able to easily access this the 5th, 6th, and 7th, absolutely free. Like you said, you don't need a ticket. You don't need anything. Um, if you don't have the FreightWaves TV app, I would definitely recommend downloading that. Um, it's hard to kind of carry around your laptop everywhere, but if you're like me and you have to walk your dog and still do work, or if you're walking around the house cooking, making lunch or something like that, you could easily have everything on your cell phone. So Android or Apple devices, you could download the FreightWaves TV app, which is fabulous. What is this going to look like? It will look just like what we have here. So we're still going to be doing our live shows. So what the truck, put that coffee down. Um, great quarter guys. We're still going to be doing those lives. So I know everyone loves to interact on Facebook and LinkedIn. That's the cool thing. When Dooner shouts you out, um, when you make a comment, you still could do that during our live event. We're still going to do rapid-fire demos. And the cool thing is, during the demos, we're going to have QR codes. So if you don't know what a QR code is, it's a code you could scan. So if you're watching on your TV, you just take your cell phone and scan a code. And by scanning that code while watching a demo, it will automatically take you to a Slack page. So if there's a demo company like, wow, we need this product at work, you could easily scan that QR code. It takes you to the Slack page, and you could start interacting right away. So we're, it's just like you're watching viewing experience now, but we're actually getting a little more tech savvy with it. 
That's really good to hear, Emily. I was going to ask that question because, I mean, the lineup is awesome and the content is always awesome. But one of the best, the, the big feedbacks that I always got from our events was the rapid fire demos and then the demo lounge where you could easily interact with all the, the demoing companies. And that, that's a great thing. QR code with the Slack channel sounds like a great solution to that. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout out to all the demo companies and all the sponsors. Everyone has just been beyond willing to learn this technology. I know us here, it's like, okay, this is easy because we do it every single day. But when we're sending video kits out to demo companies and saying, hey, record this, and also you have to record it in seven minutes or less, that's a lot of pressure. And everyone has just been absolutely fabulous. And the response from everyone, like, we can't wait to have our demo on there. It just, it's been fun to kind of hear all the excitement behind it. And I know it will ramp up even more as we start putting everything together and finalizing stuff even more. Great stuff. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Ah, bad news and good news. All right, man. Good news. The payroll protection plan, right, which was designed to keep people employed and paid, was funded with $350 billion. Sounds like a lot. Well, an SBA spokeswoman told FreightWaves this morning that as of 8.45 a.m., on April 16th, the agency had accepted 1000 1,637,000 applications and approved more than $339 billion in loans. Working through more than uh, 4,900 lending institutions. The U.S. Small Business Administration, that's the SBA, posted the news on the website yesterday morning under a banner that said, Notice Lapse in Appropriations. The SBA is currently unable to accept new applications for the Paycheck Protection Program, and right now it's being held up in uh, up on the hill as they decide on how to appropriate these things. Yeah, that's that's the bad news. Hopefully they'll get something uh, figured out and refund that because as I'm reading through that, the the, the only other thing that they have or the, your, your only other outlet is their Main Street loans, which have uh, certain limitations to them that most people aren't going to or some aren't going to qualify for. And they're much more stringent measures that they're not forgivable loans. Right. So hopefully yeah, they'll only, uh, only seven point eight billion of that went to transportation in the warehousing sector, too. So unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, only so. Yeah, seven point eight billion out of the how much was it? Three hundred fifty billion. Yeah, which <laughs> sounds like a lot, but when you split it amongst all of these different companies and and organizations, it doesn't go far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, twenty eight thousand one hundred eighty one loans into the transportation and warehousing uh, sector, but it only totaled seven point eight billion out of the three hundred fifty billion. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they can get that refunded to to help things move along. Um, Good news. J.B. Hunt saw a 39% boost in revenues in its final mile sector. Uh, but the company ultimately lost $3.3 million on the $153 million uh, uh, business as the final mile segment doesn't yield the same profits as other freight moves. Um, you know, you know, Dooner, it's not, it's not unlike uh, uh, the freight market as a whole, right? Uh, we saw the CAS index where the, the rates had fallen January, Febu- uh, January and February and then uh, and also in March. But the the high volumes and rejections, the the strain on capacity boosted those rates, and so those rates at six point three, I think six point three percent decline year over year, probably would have been much much worse without that panic buying. So, uh, you know, it really just it rings true even through JB Hunt. Yeah, a lot of people too were speculating that you know the WalMarts, the Targets of the world, were making money like gangbusters through these things, but 
Not really, because most of the stuff that's selling right now is very low margin stuff. You know, they're loss leaders to bring the people into stores. Uh, they've closed down a lot of the aisles within there. But could you share some insight on why the final mile business may not be as profitable as as other core businesses that JB Hunt has? Well, or the, other companies in general? Yeah, I mean, just real quick, the, fi- the final mile is is much more touch intensive, right? There's there's less capacity in that final mile or less capacity utilization in that final mile, less efficient networks in those final miles. It's more irregular type of routes, that type of stuff. So um, that those are, bas- I mean, high level, those are the basic reasons. Excellent. Uh, 5.5 million more Americans, this is bad news here, 5.5 million more Americans filed for unemployment We've seen the images and the videos of long lines for drive-up food banks, as well as uh, reports of shortages. A lot of a lot of people coming in at once. Oh, so many different networks are taxed. This food giving being one of them. But Convoy, the good news is that Convoy has teamed with shippers and truck drivers to shore up these food banks. That's right. Seattle-based digital freight brokerage network will pay 100% of trucking costs for food bank donations. Convoy's new program taps into the Feeding America's network of 200 centralized food banks and 60,000 local soup kitchens and pantries. Super excited to, uh, to hear what they're doing here, right? Because look at these numbers. We're talking about tax networks. So in 2018, according to the USDA, 37.2 million people lived in food insecure households, meaning these these homes that have to go and, and get food from food banks, which is a lot to begin with. But now, according to Feeding America, more than 54 million Americans are now food insecure. So they need the food to replenish to fill out, to, to feed all of these people. Yeah, it's re- it's really a good program that Convoy's doing. It's really something special, and it and it's just it's another one of those stories. And like Ingrid said, the good is outweighing the bad, and seeing people come together and, and companies like Convoy putting out these type of things to help is just it, it's really good stuff. Hopefully, we 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 learn a lesson and continue with this type of collaboration, uh, you know, even post COVID nineteen in this pandemic. Yeah. So uh, bad news, according to the Associated Press, a large wind gust blew a tractor trailer off the side of Interstate 64's high-rise bridge over the Elizabeth River. Uh, the driver, Wayne B. Boone, lost control of his truck Monday morning uh, and was dangling nearly 70 feet above the river. Virginia State uh, Police Sergeant Michelle Anaya told uh, news outlets, um, you know, the, the good news is, is that the firefighters used a series of complex ropes and maneuvers to reach the driver and pull them to safety as uh, during, uh, you know, several severe thunderstorms that were rolling through the area as well. Um, and, and Boone was uh, treated and, uh, for non-life-threatening uh, injuries and released. So that's the good news. Yeah, that picture, too. Uh, if you're watching the video version of this, you can, you can see the rescue. He's hanging right over the side of the bridge like an action movie. Yeah, it's a, yeah no kidding. That, that's, uh, that's some scary stuff. With thunderstorms rolling through and the whole thing, I mean, uh, man. Thank goodness. Well, good news. If there's any good that's come out of this, it's that uh, many parents like you and myself, we've had the opportunity to to teach our kids at home, connect with our children in new ways, teach them new things, turn off the TV, maybe play a card game like Exploding Kittens, right? Well, bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Bad news. First, get the the PPE and the toilet paper. Well, now you can't get games like Exploding Kittens as Amazon has put non-essential shipments on hold for some vendors. So... Michael, that calls into question how these designations are made. What is a non-essential or an essential good? The New York Times <laughs> reports that Benham Neem, a former Amazon employee who now runs eShopportunity, an e-commerce consultancy, said he has asked account managers that he knew at Amazon to help him understand it. And they said it doesn't make any sense to them either. It's just the way of the algorithm. 
Speaking of algos, the New York Times wrote hand sanitizer listings. Get this. Hand sanitizer listings have been listed as other things have been characterized as box wrenches, outdoor clocks, cupcake toppers uh, to try to get to because they're trying to game Amazon system. So they want to get this cupcake topper to the best seller list. And uh, they're really selling the hand sanitizer throughout a lot of nefarious things going on. It's sad to see <laughs> take back the situation. Yeah, I think you'd have to change the name of exploding kittens to get it to get it up there to be uh, an essential item, right? Right. Or a cupcake topper. Yeah, a, yeah, a cupcake topper. Exploding kitten cupcake topper. That's awesome. Oh man, bad news as everybody knows. Everyone is lonely and missing their friends while in isolation. Did you know this, Dooner? I, I guess you know. It, it yeah. Depends. Like being around other people. Yeah, it's kind of fun every once in a while. But people are starting to do a new thing called quarantining. Have you been quarantining, uh, Dooner? Uh, I've seen those online. There's like the memes where they put like groups of five people in houses and you like pick celebrities or you pick people from different organizations you like. I've seen athletes. I've seen all sorts of things. I've already got uh, two kids, a wife here, a dog and a cat in this apartment. So I think I kind of have my quarantine. Yeah, I've got my quarantine and my, my daughters are doing it with their friends too, right? Like last night, I guess they were quarantining last night playing Barbies virtually, uh, through their iPads. Yeah, if we, if we were doing a, uh, quarantine at Freightways, I don't know, who would you bring into your, uh, your fold? Yeah, that's a good question. Quarantine, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll take that one offline. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would have to take you and Hill because I do shows with you guys, so that yeah. would make things a lot. Easier. Well, we're kind of already quarantining, I guess, right? So I, I yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would take you yeah. two guys for sure, <laughs> absolutely. And we we got to take a production guy because uh, how else are we going to film this stuff? Yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to get any of it done. That's for, that for sure. That is All right, man. Sure. Let's let's hear from uh, let's hear from the comment section this week. But before we do, here's a comment that I saw on LinkedIn, and this guy is going to be a guest on Monday. It's Eric Goodman. He was talking about how many of his LinkedIn comments had heard that he had he'd been diagnosed with COVID-19. He uh, spent over 13 days ventilated, intubated, offline. He's recovering now. He's going to be on the show on Monday, and he's going to tell us all about it. So excited to to hear from him, and um, you know, God bless, and so happy he's he's healthy and recovering. Yeah, right. God bless him. That'll be interesting to hear from him. Oh, man, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. All right. So here's the first comment from the article. COVID-19 draining the highway trust fund. This is from Sons of Italy Lodge. It says, once you become a millionaire, the government pays everything for you. I heard at a casino. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Almost a haiku. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, when I become a millionaire, I'll let you know if that's true. I get all my information from casinos and Facebook. Yeah, no. Me too. So uh, speaking of casinos, Elvis, not the Elvis, Elvis Durant. Uh, good. Lots of $550 highway use tax garbage that they've been milking for no reason plus fuel taxes. Payback now. Go bankrupt. Wow. Let's see. He's so angry about that. Oh, he doesn't like the highway trust fund. That's no, right. He doesn't like the highway trust fund. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I think. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, people don't like paying taxes, but we do have to repair the roads. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's how the money's used, right? That's, <laughs> that's the big debate. It's not a matter of giving the money. It's a matter of the appropriation of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How it is spent. 
This is from the article, FedEx Freight furloughs a small number of workers. This is unfortunate. I, I hate seeing these articles up on FreightWaves.com. I don't think we've, we're anywhere near seeing the end of them either. But this guy says, KG says, FedEx lost my $800 plus package along with it a client. And I hope the client wasn't in the actual the package <laughs> there, Vincent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of an interesting statement there, isn't it, right? <laughs> So I, yeah. I, so this is from Real, Tri- Real Trucking Factors and Autonomous Vehicle Development. Uh, the Gear Jammer 25.8 says, so basically they ran out of money. Hard for me to understand. Millions of dollars. The smartest people, the relationships, the connections. Government shut down. Uh, government shut down a road so they could try this, and they still failed. Yes, failure is the best teacher. But it points to the fact that you can't skip steps. you got to struggle. That's the path. Autonomous is inevitable, but is it profitable? You're replacing one person, but could depend on five more to replace that one person? Uh, We need to rethink. We always want to replace instead of appreciating what we already have. We need to create instead of competing. Isn't it really about giving a service? I I guess so. Autonomous space has been a tough one, too. We've been reading a lot about... uh, about some of these companies shutting down or cutting some of their workforce. Uh, interesting stuff. But Alan Adler was talking about Nikola, and I think Nikola is actually doing some hiring. So companies are going in two directions in that autonomous space. Yeah, I think there's successes and there's failures. I mean, it, it, you're going to have that in any developing and even in, 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 in even in mature industry, right? So. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to be first. You know, being the first one there isn't always the winner. We've seen Starsky was in there early on, was in the game, and they washed out just recently. So, uh, you know, tough space to operate, but those are the risks you take. Yeah, they certainly are. They certainly are. Yep. Well, Johnny says, uh, when the autonomous truck industry is able to match or reduce to the level equal to or less than the cost of the driver, the driver is gone. That's the reason for autonomous trucks. It's about saving money. 10-hour break costs, 34-hour reset costs, salary costs, benefits costs, sick time costs, retirement benefits costs. When they're able to run and maintain an autonomous truck, it's cheaper than all that stuff. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, he, he, he may not be wrong there. There's a lot of regulation and, and things that need to go on with, uh, there. And there'll be, you know, there's talk of other jobs. You know, we talk about robotics and warehousing, et cetera. When those come on, it tends to start to create other types of jobs. So maybe some retraining, retooling, that type of stuff within the industry. But, um, yeah. The FTA petition calls for more targeted relief for truck leases insurance costs. Dave says, we deserve it. Everyone else is getting their free fed money and forgivable loans. Come on, Trump. Our hardworking drivers and us carriers run into the hot zones daily without any extra dollars or danger pay. We deserve some help. We need a break. Do you think that's a solution? We saw the the funds get drained, that $350 billion with less than $8 billion going to the transportation industry. Is there some other ways to get relief that would help with operating costs? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I do agree with the fact that, I mean, it's $350 billion and 7.8 goes into the trucking, which is the most, I mean, that's what we need keep to keep moving right now. And when we do recover, we're going to need those trucks to, to help move the goods uh, when we start coming out of this and turn the economy back on. Targeted spending of these funds. Yeah, I mean, we, we there's a lot of pomp and circumstance going on with the thank a trucker movement and all that kind of stuff. But without the money to operate, all of it is kind of empty, right? I mean, we can thank truckers all we want, but if we're not recognizing that these are these are businesses that have to stay in business in order for us to get the goods, a hashtag isn't going to save the world. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You got to put your you know your money 
where your mouth is, so to speak, I guess, you know, to coin a phrase. Mike Wallace says, I don't know if it's the Mike Wallace, but he says, uh, does Travis Baskin know Carol effing Baskin? Oh, he's talking about the Tiger <laughs> King. All right. <laughs> I don't know if he does. <laughs> we can ask him. <laughs> I don't think they're related. <laughs> Get him on the phone right away. <laughs> we got to find out. The, this is uh, Bernie. It's going to drive me crazy unless we, unless we know this. Yeah. Or do you, I, you know, I've been reading some of the conspiracy theories about whether she's guilty or not. And some people are saying the way that that documentary was edited made Carol look more guilty than she actually is. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't I, I saw the first one and I've heard people talk about it. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to receiving my free exotic shirt. <laughs> Me too, man. I'll wear it on air. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so responding to FTA logistics service providers become survivalists, Michael T. Dobbin says, you brokers are the bottom feeding pond scum that's screwing the trucking industry up. I hope you all go bankrupt and die a slow, painful death. Wow. Well, geez, man, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> oh, He's, truck broker responds to him. Truck bro I like when the comment section when they when they play off each other. He says, "Sounds like you are upset. Does not cost anything to be nice." And he's right. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. And <laughs> we don't need anyone to die a slow and painful death. I've, if you've been on online and you've talked to a lot of truckers recently or you've been through the message boards or you've talked to them on the phone, a lot of them are very upset about what where rates are at right now. Difficult operating environment. But, you know, the brokers are in a situation, too, where shippers want to pay X amount. There's X amount of capacity. Uh, there's only certain types of freight moving. It's a difficult place to navigate. If you have a program like Sonar, though, that could help, right, Michael? Yeah, Sonar yeah, definitely can. The more data that you have and the more real-time data that you have can can certainly help you navigate those those markets. You know, uh, freight forecasting for PBM on Thursdays, we go through the different data sets and how to utilize it. There's quick casting on freight forecasting. You can reach us uh, and, and talk about and, and get a demo of Sonar and what it can do for you, but it can definitely help you in these times. you got volumes dropping, rates dropping across the country but when you start looking through sonar and you start looking at these markets on a daily basis there are opportunities out there for freight if you know where they're at with real-time data and that's really the power that you have there is there anywhere where the getting's good i know you did a little freight forecasting yesterday at 4 p.m as you're wont to do on thursdays yeah, so you know, I brought that up. It's it, it, we're we're looking at things that are bottoming out. The the, the well, it, it depends on how you look at it, right? There's an argument of where the bottom is, and if we're there, and if we're not there, we're not at the bottom. We're in the trough for sure. Nobody really knows where the bottom is, and and the comments are, "What do you mean by the bottom? The bottom is the freight level and the rates. What what's the bottom of that? And that's caused by the different sectors of the economy. Some are up, some are down. Van is is faring worse than than reefer right now, obviously with food being an essential and moving refrigerated is refrigerated is a little bit more uh, resistant to the to the drop in volumes although it, it is dropping uh, and the re, and the tender rejections dropping it's a little bit resistant to that but it is dropping but yeah the getting is good in plenty of places I mean it, just looking at it overnight there's over half the markets in the United States over the night from day to day the outbound tender rejection actually increased 
day over day. So when you're looking at these things and we're looking at uh, the market volatility index, it's a seven-day moving average, and it's showing you where the trend is moving, and it is definitely going down. But day over day, things change. Uh, you know, so when I, when I'm looking at it here, you know, obviously, I mean, Missoula is not a big, big, uh, market, but it, it is up. Las Vegas is up. Milwaukee is up. Um, there's several. Madison, Wisconsin, uh, is up. Savannah is up. Uh, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina is up. Charleston is wow. up. Imports are coming in. Uh, they're filling warehouses. It's mostly hitting the, the, the rail and intermodal, uh, in 40s, international 40s that are moving on the rail and hitting city and local uh, type of law, of halls hitting those those warehouses not really translating into into uh, drive and long haul etc but uh, when when you look at these uh, these markets like I just said there was a bunch there and some of them are several are, are, are decent sized markets where the outbound tender rejections have increased so even though volumes may be dropping in certain areas and the volumes aren't going up there's still opportunity to get loads because it's so fragmented as we keep talking about. People are going into these centers and these areas to deliver these essentials and there's no production happening in certain areas of the country and a lot of areas in the country. And so they have to deadhead to move. And then these areas where production is, because it's so irregular routed now, fragmented, the, the, the volumes askew. It's not, the capacity is yeah. askew. It's not where it needs to be. They check out Freight Forecasting. They can get your whole report on there. Check out all of our other content on Freight Waves TV. Subscribe to Freightcast. Get every single Freight Waves podcast. Never miss an episode, including our coronavirus freight market update that's on Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon. Super interactive. Go back and watch. Put that or put, listen to or watch. Put that coffee down from uh, Wednesday. We talked about demo videos. Next week, we're going to talk about pricing. On Monday, we got an awesome what the truck in store for you, including the guy who made that Ohio uh, Board of Health mousetrap video. Super exciting, showing the uh, the power of visualized data and social distancing. I am uh, beyond excited for next week's show. Sorry about technical difficulties here on the replay. We'll try and fix this one and post do the best we can, and we'll be better on Monday. Thank you for everyone who joined us. Follow me at Timothy Dooner. You can follow him at Vincent the Dude. Take it easy, everybody. We're going to get that outro music, or I got to play it myself? You got to play it yourself, man. Peace and love, okay. everybody. I guess I got to play it myself. Alright, little cowbell for playing my own music. Little cowbell for technical difficulties. Be better next time. Little cowbell for trying out pay. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, sponsoring the show, for coming on, for bearing through it. Check out the replay. We'll share it with you. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Thank you for joining us on the show that we call What the Truck. We'll be back at you at noon on Monday. Plus, you got those all-day live streams on FreightWaves.com. Check them out. Peace and love. Shout out to my brother over there behind the desk, Bob Marley. Spreading the word.